Hello everyone and welcome to episode 27, I believe we're on now, uh, of the UK League Chat Podcast. Um, we're joined by Nordavind mid laner Ericsson. Ericsson, how's it going? Hey guys, I'm uh, doing fine. Good stuff. How about yourself? Yeah, very good, thanks. Um, so um, we've got you on, we're going to have a chat about um, obviously your, your time on Barrage, which for, for people watching is probably what they know you for the most. Um, being obviously UK League focused. Um, but now that the UK League's obviously joined with the Nordic League, um, you're in a, a bit of a, an odd position that you've actually been in both before. So you've been in the UK scene, but also for a fair time um, in the Nordic League. And I wanted to start talking about your time in the Nordic Leagues, because one thing that I think is quite interesting that you've you've mostly been with Nordavind um, pretty much since you started playing competitively, I think that's, is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah and especially in ERLs, I don't think you kind of see that much continuity very often. You've, you'll often see teams having you know entirely new rosters every every six months, uh, pretty much for every split. Um, why is it you think you, you've sort of stuck with Nordvin so long and what, what has that relationship been like? Um, so I think for me, uh, it goes probably like two years back, if not more, uh, with Nordvin. And I think it's all... So there was a team called Endurance Gaming at the time, and then we basically got picked up by Nordavin when they were gonna go into League of Legends again. And like ever since then, I've just been on Nordavin, and we've been having a pretty good relationship. So yeah, I've just decided to stay here until uh, the day today. Yeah. And when I was kind of looking back at uh, looking at the different rosters you've been on, it. Yeah, because like, like you say, you've kind of always just stuck around, and there's been other rosters uh, sort of coming in and around, uh, even in and out, sorry, around you. Um, and you've had like a, I think it's fair to say, a quite a, a fair bit of success around the Nordic scene as well, as you know, winning the Danish league, uh, Norwegian league. Um, but it seemed like there was like a sometimes maybe a bit of a struggle in the, the actual kind of main Nordic championship. Um, and I was just wondered, sort of, what your thoughts are on that level because one thing we've seen especially when Tom and I were kind of looking at kind of trying to really learn who the new players are because obviously with the the NLC there's a lot of players that we hadn't seen before having a mainly focus on the UK league and when we were kind of looking and and trying to sort of brush up on the history of a lot of the players we would see that so many of them were playing in in because there was just, well there's so many different tournaments because you've got obviously the Nordic championship um, but then each country sort of had its own league as well and it would kind of even was like sort of looking like a, its own sort of mini uh, kind of your uh, ERL system in itself, just kind of in those those Nordic leagues, um, and one thing we can kind of get from that, and it's something that's been tipped as a positive from the the NLC itself, is the the kind of talent pool that's in there, that's uh, that's in these kind of countries. Obviously, Denmark being you know a famous example uh, just itself. Um, I just wanted to ask, what what do you think it is that that kind of means that we get so much talent coming from these uh, from these countries? Because when you think we, you know, UK players, is, there's only probably been, you probably count on one hand the amount that have been in uh, the actual sort of LEC kind of level. But then when you, when it comes to the Nordic leagues, uh, and even, you know, Denmark especially, they've got like half the flipping LCS in NA as well. Um, so what is it do you think that, that kind of means that that kind of challenge is just churned out, you know, er, you know over and over again? Um, so I think, like, honestly, uh, maybe had Maybe it's like something to do with the mindset, because I feel like uh, the Nordic players have like a different mindset compared to perhaps like some of the UK players. 
which is like um i think like what we always do is like we're always like trying to push ourselves and like com becoming complacent and comfortable is probably something that's uh that could be holding them back i think mm -hmm. and um yeah just one thing I was, yeah so i, I kind of touched on it a little bit there but about the the kind of difference between uh the nordic championship and those kind of sort of sub leagues if you like um why is it do you think that that nordovin hadn't really had that much success in the nordic championship itself because even from what we could we sort of gathered with the the last bit the one um obviously while you were playing with barrage but we kind of heard that the even the nordovin team then should have really been one of the stronger sides and i think they finished sort of somewhere around mid table so what is it what was it about there like it's some sort of sort of like a bogey competition like you just couldn't seem to to quite crack it what do you think uh, was the reason behind that well well, I, I wasn't on that team. That yeah, yeah. uh, sucked for them. But no, but like seriously, I think they really didn't really ever click as a team. Um, it felt more like when I watched them play, it seemed more like it was five individual playing rather than one team. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they never really found that synergy that they needed. Because I, I think they all were like good players individually. They yeah. just didn't seem to find that uh, click as a team, yeah. And I think it highlights that when you actually look at the, the Nordovin roster there, like a lot of them are have, have easily picked up squad, uh, squads and sides and teams to be on. Um, and then about, about obviously, you're going to the, um, the UKLC, we always made the, the running joke that Nordovin's best mid laner was not even at Nordovin at that time <laughs> because it seemed like the most informed person, even in like the UKLC, probably outside of like mid laners, apart from like the, you know, your what I would say, like, the tier above in terms of, like, the Academy and Magic Felix in special, like, you were always that third name, maybe you along with Adept and, and other players like that. So, mm -hmm. with the UKLC, like, how 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 did that happen, you kind of getting loaned out? Because it doesn't really happen too much in, in ERLs. Yeah, so, um, at the time, with Nordovin, we were playing to qualify for the uh, Nordic Championship. Mm-hmm. It was a really terrible format, and it was like basically you had to play, I think five or six best of ones, and you had to win all of them to uh, qualify. So unfortunately, we kind of got chased, uh, and we didn't qualify on the two tries we had. And then just to like secure that Nordovin could be in the um, in the league, uh, the roster of Godsent at the time, uh, which had Aesthetic, uh, Nitro, Chrisberg. Mm -hmm. Adrian and all the, all these people um, Godsend decided to back out so then essentially we acquired that roster and obviously they had another, like a different midland, right? Mm -hmm. So either I could choose to stay and compete for my spots, which would fuck, out, fuck over either of us mm -hmm. or I could or what happened is like Frumi came in last second and then they basically saw that I was kind of sitting at the bench, right? Since we acquired this new roster. So then I decided that it's probably better to go to this other team than to stay with the team that probably didn't want another mid laner at that time. And it's funny when you talk about bad formats because I feel like that. I feel like bad formats normally comes from the UK side with the, <laughs> yeah. with the tower formats and everything like that. So it's nice to see that the other leagues had a bit of a bad format as well when it comes to things. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, um, you kind of touched on there about 
the potential of a six-man roster is that something you you wouldn't really fancy really being a part of then because we it's not something we we kind of see too often and when teams do it it's I feel like more of the time it's not like obviously the PR behind it is like oh we want them to compete but usually it's just like no we want this it's one guy and, yeah and we yeah we don't we, know what they want or we want to yeah. bench this guy but we but we can't get rid of him right now um what are your thoughts on that then because we've um you know there's for example fern dog in the uk he's like famously uh you know is an advocate for a 10-man roster of having a, a second player in every single position um and i think they tried that with like even excel's roster when he was there in the lec and it didn't seem to quite work out um so yeah, is that something you wouldn't really want to be a part of, or or do you think it could work, or is it just sort of situational? I I really think that you have to have a really good structure within your team to make that kind of system work, because I think if you're not utilizing it correctly, it can really backfire. So I think it's more of a risk than anything if you don't really have a good system for it, because I think most of the time you see these 10-man rosters and it all sounds great. But then in reality, when it comes down to making the decision, it usually like goes sour. And yeah, I think like you have to all, like make the right decision all the time. But also, it doesn't feel great for either player, right? Like, am I gonna play today? Am I getting benched tomorrow? Like all the all these kind of uh, thoughts in your head, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, like I don't, and I, I guess... wouldn't mind competing for my spot. But it's like mm. yeah, I feel like for the org as a whole, it's not. Uh, good unless you're um really efficient at it and i guess as well it's um it does under it does matter on, on the org itself so the one example which people look at from like west anyway is like cloud nine but cloud nine's had an infrastructure like that for quite a long time anyway and they've they, they they don't kind of like buy two stars they'll buy an upcoming talent put them on academy and then they'll buy the star in the in the top lane and then they'll start swapping them through that so i guess the way you could do it is kind of have like your upcoming talents then if that upcoming talent has played well then maybe it's kind of like we'll see we'll test it out and stuff like that um but in erls i don't think it's it's a smart decision to make because let's be honest like you know ericsson you're you're one of the few cases of actually someone who's been at an org for a, a more than a split like some most times like you you see orgs which are you know brand new five-man rosters each split because that's just the way that erls work at this point like, but until like you get those sustainable contracts with with more income, with you know more um, stability in in the leagues, then maybe you can start thinking about developing kind of things like that. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on on coaches. I think as well, it's more, kind of mm -hmm. like more of a man management thing. Because you think those examples where it does work is like Cloud Nine. Obviously, Reaper is like quite a, well, really respected coach there. Um, yeah, and. You know, I think, for example, like I think in Korea, pretty much every team does it, or or they all have, uh, you know, academies and they have, um, like trainee teams. But then, not only do they have obviously bigger infrastructures, they've also, you know, the format I think suits it better. Being best of threes, they can put someone in for one game. You know, if we're talking, for example, now in the NLC, um, like you guys this week, you only played one game, and if you were having substitutes, is is not really a chance to actually. You chop and That's change two things. weeks off isn't exactly, it like, yeah. you're missing two weeks essentially and what was it in the Nordic Championship was it um, was it just two week, uh, two games a week then I guess like the UKLC was just um, a, like a normal round robin so uh, I think the first play that I played was in 2018 with Endurance and I think at that time it was a BO3 format hmm. um, and then I think the next bit it was also BO3 but then I think yeah they made it into a Best of one, mm. if I'm not mistaken. 
So the the format actually quite like they changed uh, with time. So yeah. yeah, I think the last bit was it was similar to the UKLC with the best of one. Yeah. So then, you know, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. So six man roster, you at best if they are changing things around, you might get half of the games, and then that's just literally one match per week anyway. So it's yeah, not ideal. And I think yeah, especially for NLC this bit. It's 10 games, right? Like, it's such a small yeah. amount. So short, yeah. And it, like, it just means that every game matters even more. So you just mm -hmm. really have to figure out your style and you just have to go stick with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like we were looking at, uh, with Froomey last, but we were looking at, obviously, Team Singularity, and they were 0-3 at the time then. And 0-3 is basically, we uh, we kind of looked at it, or were they 0-2? I think they might have been 0-2, 0-3 or something like that. But we basically looked at it and be like, Look, it's going to be difficult for them not to be sick just because their results are, and that's only after like two or three games, mm -hmm. which is quite insane to show how crucial it was to start off so well in the beginning. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to uh, a bit more about about this current split as well. I just want to touch back a bit more on um, on the time on barrage. Um, so, for like a well, I say like like an outsider, I suppose you know someone that hadn't been in the UK league before. Uh, I just wondered what were your kind of general thoughts on the UK scene before and then after you actually played in it, because um, I know it's got like some stereotypes, like a bit kind of known for for like Twitter dramas and stuff in the UK scene. And I just kind of wondered what your thoughts were. Did you think it was a, a joke league or or what? Um, and then it, did so, that change? Um, funnily enough, this isn't my first time in the UK scene. Okay. I think back I think back in 2017, I actually was competing it in. Uh, UK Masters, I believe mm -hmm. it was called. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I played for a, a or called Phoenix at the time. <laughs> Didn't go really well, but uh, yeah, I played under another name then as well. But uh, in in the last bits with Barrage, I think uh, I think the UK League seemed honestly better than mm -hmm. I would have expected. Like obviously, there's the academy teams, right? So so mm -hmm. there's like definitely competition to be found. Um, but honestly, I think outside uh, the academy teams, I didn't feel like any team was like really great in particular. I would say including us. So it was basically just, um, yeah, just trying to see if we could become better or like we could compete with the academy teams. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what it felt like in the in the UKLC because it was kind of like the way that it, it looked at in the end. Really, it was the two academy sides, and then. The like attempted academy killers in basically you and Envision essentially, and and mm. it it didn't work out either way on both of them. But that is essentially how it's been for quite a bit ever since. Like probably after the first season of the EKLC, it's basically just been who can beat the academy sides. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that's then going into then the NLC? Do you think that's changed then a little bit? And it's kind of like everybody else seems to have stepped up in quality. I think for sure the quality, like the the overall skill talent of the league has gone up and i think it's a it's it's honestly like a really great idea just merging the both uh, teams together i don't feel like either league didn't lose their identity either so i think it's it's really great to see the league uh being as one cool. and um just something you said there about with being on barrage where you were saying that it's there was just the academy teams you didn't really feel like anyone could challenge them um We'd kind of, I think, given Barrage a lot, of, a lot of plaudits, especially sort of the first half of the split and in the opening weeks. Well, I didn't. I, I didn't. <laughs> Not before. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. The I, about, I, I rated, Tom. I rated you guys like eight because I knew nothing about you all. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
But I was I was proven wrong. I was definitely proven wrong, and and you know, people from Barrage still like to tell me that to this day. Which <laughs> well, is you, fine. You bring it up as well, Tom. <laughs> um, but yeah, so because you you just said like you, you maybe didn't feel like you you could match that level, um, but sort of coming out of the first few weeks, I think even they was, would say on the broadcast that you you guys did look like the stronger of of the rest of the teams at least early on, um, and it kind of looked like you you guys were just even sort of just more dis, um, more decisive than the other teams. And I just I, one thing I was wondering about that is what was the the kind of shot calling situation like because we also had Swiffer. Uh, XL's coach and he kind of alluded that he you know in his eyes he would he presumed that Sybil was was the shot caller um because I think he was friends with him or he, he played with him um in OPL that oceanic bond isn't yeah it? and That's I it. from that I kind of thought well is is it is Sybil a big part of why they looked so decisive and why they because you know especially early doors we've even seen it with like Godsent this split that if you're if you've just got better cohesion in the first couple of weeks and you are decisive, and you've you've got quicker calls, and it it really helps. So um, yeah, I just kind of wonder what what the shot calling was like, and and why you think you guys did start off so strong. Yes, yeah, so I think we really hit the ground running early. Um, I I just think we were probably better to play the map than any other team. Like I I don't think it was like anyone in particular that was like shot calling on the team. It was more like a team. Uh, Team effort, right? Um, yeah, I think we also had good help from our coaching staff. I think Sursa, uh, Lucian, and uh, Alex did a great job with us. Um, but yeah, I, I would just say that we really just played the map better. But also, I think we had uh, some better individual players as well compared to the other teams. So I think if you go pound for pound for each individual player, we probably came out on top mm-hmm. in uh, every scenario except perhaps the academy teams um and why do you think it was that there was a, a bit of a drop off sort of towards the end of the split uh do you think maybe just the rest of the teams caught up uh, or something like that mm, i think we for sure didn't improve as much uh, as we did early on i think we had some obstacles um that really we didn't didn't get over mm-hmm. sadly um so I feel like we could have been a lot better towards playoffs, but I, I think we just had some issues that uh, we weren't able to fix. And yeah, like looking back at it, um, there's some regrets, I, I would say, within how we did things. But uh, like uh, I like being third is still not bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think for sure we put up a good fight. Yeah. But I also, d- I think... Um, because the thing is, uh, at the time I was living like way up north, so I'm playing at like 70, 80 ping, which wouldn't be great going into your masters as well <laughs> with the whole COVID situation. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that we threw the like final semis on purpose or anything, but yeah, I, I don't think we had the greatest circumstances to be playing under um, mm-hmm. as a team. And do you well, think? And, and obviously Wait. there was the there was the the issue with Sybil as well, wasn't there? With Sybil mm. couldn't couldn't come in, and yeah, obviously with them the whole COVID COVID situation as well. Then I wonder about Flair Z. There could have been it could have been, you know, obviously they would have had a team there, but it's at what at what point would you've had a team there really? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah would exactly. have been the issue. Yeah, so I think COVID really uh, gave us some questions. Um, and yeah, if we if we were to make the U Masters, maybe 
we would have had to get like another player uh, last minute as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think it would really work out that great with the circumstances. Fair enough. Um, and then coming on to this split now, I well knowing that you were kind of on loan from Nordavind, uh, and then seeing obviously how we well played, I just presumed that this off season for you, at least in my eyes, it was going to be through me was ringing up Cammy and saying, can we have him back? And then Cammy said, piss off and put the phone down. And that was it. Um, but through me was actually, he was saying that there was, there were some offers and it kind of seemed like there, there was a chance you, uh, well, there was a, a world where you could have potentially gone if, if things went um, the right way. So was there, um, not necessarily with Barrage, but did you ever think about leaving Nordavind or was it just a case once you saw the merger happening and, uh, and obviously you've been with Nordavind for a number of years now anyway, does it, did it just seem like the most logical thing to stay? Um, so yeah, I, I, I would say I definitely explored my options and I wouldn't say it was like from day one, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to Norwegian. It was definitely like more of a process where I'm just looking, um, at all the options and yeah, honestly, I think this off season was pretty crazy with all the stuff that was going on, especially like all the rumors with the Volo mm -hmm. guy and all that stuff. So yeah. I think, I think me ending up in Norwegian is probably, um, yeah, the best decision that could have happened for me. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm happy to be here. Good stuff. And um, what, so, what was the like with the roster then? Um, do you know sort of, or did you have an idea of who was joining, or were you kind of one of the first ones to sign on? Because I always wonder what it's like with that. Cause obviously, to build a good roster, I imagine, you know, good or in-demand players will want to play with other good players so it it's always kind of interesting to hear you know what because it's kind of like a domino effect you imagine that once once a couple of them are signed on then the rest will, will be having to join um so were you one of the earlier ones or had you did you have kind of an idea of what the roster looked like already um so i think at the time i definitely had an idea of how it was going to look like um so yeah like we definitely we had the hansen on board that was the first thing so yeah, we basically had like Hansen essentially build our roster uh, with Oric. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I got imagine, to see uh, the whole process. Yeah, I imagine then with with Hansen, um, yeah, being there with the roster building, I, I would have thought, you know, it must be pretty easy to get people on then, because yeah, for anyone from the fair. UK league, you know, yeah, he's really well respected and and known good coach. Yeah, well, to be fair, it's like, I mean, we say it, but Hansen won regular season with Diablo, so he's probably the best ERL coach like which is um, insane um no and I thought when when Nordvin was kind of like merging in I was like I Hansen's definitely the person for them it just felt like a right fit and, it, and it's it's good to see that then like I Hansen's kind of like would you say that he kind of took control and kind of you gave him your trust and kind of said like okay I'm gonna build this team for you and obviously it's a it's a damn good team which he's built in the end um, yeah, I, I mean, I would say he did a good job uh, with uh, how we approached uh, tryouts and everything. So yeah, I think we're, I, th I think we're really happy with uh, how things turn out. Good stuff. Um, and then going on to uh, well, uh, the the season actually starting, um, we've got this kind of group split for the format, and we've discussed a bit on on the podcast here before about the group strength, and it you kind of get the idea that maybe the general level um, of the other group that you guys aren't in is maybe a bit higher in terms of the kind of average level. And then it seems like uh, the group that Nordvinder are in is, is kind of like a clear split of a, 
you know, a clear top three and a clear bottom three, but then at the same time, it's maybe you could think it's probably a the group that's harder to win, if that makes sense. So, um, out of uh, Excel, yourselves and Riddle, who you know most would probably see as a top three at the moment, um, where do you kind of rank yourselves at the moment, or, or what were the kind of expectations being? Because obviously, you know, for for any team that's not an academy, you I imagine you'd probably want to be first, but you you'd kind of have the idea that it wouldn't be you know too surprising if you weren't because obviously the academies do have uh more more resources and everything so what was kind of the realistic expectation for you guys or is it just more kind of even just getting to playoffs since it, it is the the top four they get through um so to go to your first point about the group uh, strengths i would say ours is definitely harder <laughs> just uh, looking at group yeah, i don't see like I don't see the bottom tiers being better than the bottom tiers in our group. I would say we have stronger opponents, and to um, where we see ourselves is probably we're looking to fight Excel for first place. So r right now we're just like looking to get the revenge on Excel for the loss we had. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we're probably just looking to beat them and have the tiebreaker for first place. Um, so yeah, we're we're just looking to challenge the academy team in this group. Mm -hmm. I do find it I do find it really interesting though with both groups that you like that I I do think that kind of you've got Riddle Nord in XL. I think a, 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 probably Riddle would probably be maybe arguably top two in Group B if Riddle was in that group. If I'm being honest, in Group B, uh, but you've kind of got similarities in the sense that of M and M and Team Singularity, you kind of look at these two sides and they're kind of like they're the they're the relegation sides at this point. And then you've kind of got like the the ones which you're unsure about, which I would say is like Godsent Ents and then Dusty and Barrage. So despite like the score lines being quite different, I do actually think that there is some like similarities with both groups. And you're never gonna get it perfect with splitting groups up. Like there's always gonna be one team which is gonna have three favourites in or two favourites in or, you know, uh, the, it's the way it goes, but I am kind of liking how it is splitting up. I do obviously agree, though. I feel like each team should play each other once from each group, just to make it a little bit more competitive. But that's just me. Um, I, I think what's was what it six more games added on is you know I don't think it's too bad. Um, Sixteen games I think as well is better than ten, but we, that's not what we've got, and we're, we're getting a little bit more of an extended playoffs and things like that. But I'm. I'm quite happy with how groups both groups are, to be fair. Mm -hmm. And and I'm I'm nice. It's nice to see, kind of like, there is no runaway. There's a clear loser in both groups, but there's no runaway right now. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously from it, UKLC before, especially last bit, is that she just excel win every week until the the playoff <laughs> finals, which is kind of been not as exaggerated, but it's been pretty much like that for the last sort of two or three splits now in the UK. So yeah, that is it is good to see excel lose early on especially was was quite nice um what are your thoughts just on the general form ericsson because we've we've spoken um well we've had obviously had people on each week and they're kind of yeah, all right i guess with there being 12 teams it's difficult to fit enough games in anyway because obviously you know the general riot season is over within sort of eight nine weeks if you had 12 teams playing each other twice it would probably run out of that and you'd have you'd either be more broadcasting days which obviously would cost more for the league to run themselves um but then having this kind of shorter group format does mean you've got 
you know teams like Singularity where after two weeks they're more or less bottom like almost nailed on uh, after only two weeks of play and it doesn't maybe give them that much chance to to kind of fight back um so yeah i just wonder what your thoughts are on that kind of format or uh, i guess you guys are n not necessarily lucky but the fact that you guys have kind of hit the ground running and, and started off strong uh, means i guess it's not a huge problem for you uh for nordavind but um yeah what are your kind of general thoughts on it so i, I like the idea of being able to play uh both groups because i feel like it's kind of it's kind of boring honestly to only play for mm -hmm. other teams i would rather much just play every team in the league mm -hmm. twice a week and i think that was probably be better but of course uh if there's like limitation to budget or whatever then i could see it from that standpoint um but yeah like i think it just it's really important to just hit the ground running in this format because yeah every game just matters so much because there's so few games mm -hmm. definitely and i think as well what's what What's the, the, I guess it's the good thing and a bad thing with this format is because all I'm looking at now, like, and we're, not, we're only like three weeks in, is all I'm thinking of, well, what's Nordavin going to be like against Munster? Or what's BT going to be like against Fnatic, you know? Or what's, you know, and, and I'm looking at kind of like the top two, at least at this rate, and thinking, well, how did they face off against each other? And I guess that leads to more like, in terms of a viewership standpoint, it could probably lead to more viewers in playoffs. But eventually, are you just going to get to the point where you're like, do I, do I really want to see Monster versus Dusty, for example? Because, you know, Dusty's not going to get into playoffs because there's not many games left, and Monster's probably already in playoffs. You know, at that point, are you just going to be like, let's just get to the playoffs kind of thing? But it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And when we say Monster Dusty, because it is literally the only game I didn't watch today. <laughs> like, so, because I, I had that same feeling, I'm being completely honest. I, I, I looked at it and I was like, Okay, no, I do need to get something to eat. So this is the game where I'm just gonna <laughs> not watch because I just I had no I I didn't invest in it. I'm not invested in that match. The other matches I kind of were, um, but the yeah and what did Monster? I, I think I saw it. They won it. Like yeah, that was actually their best game so far, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I think for someone like Singularity, um, obviously they didn't have the greatest start. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think they, for sure, can get better. Uh, but if I look at someone like Eminem, uh, then I'm like, yeah, it's it's not looking too hot there. So it's just like some teams I can see getting better, but they really, really have to get the, their stuff together, you know? Because, uh, yeah, as I said, the games are so important. And mm -hmm. but I can see, I, I can definitely see in our group, there being a battle for the fourth spot, right? Mm -hmm. So there would be us, Riddle, and uh, Excel, and then I think like the fourth, uh, the guy, the the fourth place could be anyone really going into playoffs. Yeah, it's so odd with looking at that group when you look at kind of Godsent. You, th I would have never have put Godsent on two victories. Like I really, and not even especially with four games played, I would not <laughs> have said they would have won two of them. Um, but they they have done, and then vice versa. So and then they they lost. Uh, was it today? Yeah, they lost today, yeah. didn't they? Um, but then you've got Ents who didn't look that good in in the first week of was, and then they've gone two wins on the bounce. So now they're two and two, and you're kind of like, it, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how these two battle it out. And you know, like, I I th I don't think it's um, you kind of look at the standings and you look at Riddle two and two, and you think, oh, is this a worry? I don't think it's too much of a worry for them. Um, I I think I think you're right. I think it is probably going to be like a top three. 
and then you've got you've got your god sent in your ends. But then, uh, like as um, as Froomey was saying, though now with Team Singularity zero and four, like it's basically impossible for them not to be sixth at this point because they've still got to play. Um, I believe they've because the way the schedule is, I think they've still got to play Ents or something or one of those teams. And that, if they lose that, then that's it for them. Mm. Yeah, I mean they basically just have to make the Cinderella story to be uh, mm-hmm. alive for playoffs. Yeah, it's tricky because we well we we talk about how it's it is harsh on teams like Singularity that, that yeah if they if you start badly you're really you're in the thick of it early on but then you know. You can only, you can only kind of pat, well, not pan it. You can only make excuses so much because at the end of the day, it's the same for everyone, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's just uh, unfortunate, really. Um, but yeah, we'll go on to I think w- when we talk about predictions, um, we can go on a bit more and, and talk about how the team's been playing and, and a bit more about this week. Uh, I do just want before we go on to that, just to talk a bit more about the the kind of rosters and even even before any games are played. Um, I wanted to ask you who you were looking at as as maybe the strongest mid laners because when you were in the UKLC um I think it was a bit a bit of a I don't, don't know the word to say maybe lucky but it was it was a good time I think for a mid laner to be in the UKLC because it was a a lot of strong mid laners in there probably stronger than we had we'd seen in in a few splits with with the likes mm-hmm. of obviously special who's now gone to LEC but also you know Magic Felix who's still around uh, yourself um you know adept for envision and so on um so I just wondered who who you thought are some of the stronger ones in the the NLC, um, and who you think are maybe on on the weaker end. Um, so I'm grateful to I'm grateful to play against my uh, other Norwegian mid lane Hatrix in my group. It's always fun to go against up against Hatrix. Um, but yeah, like in terms of mid learners, when I look at all the teams. There's for sure like a few. Uh, I, I would honestly just say the um, the two academy millioners are the ones I'm looking at to to beat and to compete against. Uh, when it comes to the others, I'm not I'm not too sure about Sebex uh, from Monster. Uh, <laughs> obviously, plays Annie. Maybe maybe have to ban that <laughs> when you play them. But, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. I wanted to yeah. ask about that actually. If um, what you made of that is that something. Um, you guys had had seen even around scrims or anything, because I I presume it's it's just a fact where obviously like Ezreal or Felios is like the 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 strong pick at the moment, even with the um, even with the Death Dance changes. I imagine that was just a, a pick where you can just literally flash in and and just smash Timbers down and and try and delete them before they can move. Is that something you well, obviously worked in that game for them? Um, I think I forget who Denfoxing was playing. I think it was a Felios he was playing or Callista or someone like that. Um, is that something you see as just a specific, maybe counter pick, or or do you think that could be something that could work? I mean, I just see it as really troll, honestly, because <laughs> I don't think the champ is good at all. Uh, was that yeah. the um? Uh, they they shouldn't have won the game. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. the 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 battle of uh, Ivern versus uh, Tabers. Yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant. Six v six. Yeah. 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 So you, so that's. Well, what do you what would you have picked in that one then instead? Because, yeah, to me it seemed like it was oh it was yeah it was a Felios then Fox was playing. Um, mm. So what? Because the general picks are things like you kind of 
safer sort of late game things still like Oriana, Corky, Azir, that type of thing. Do you think just even any of those would have would have made more sense? Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> when you're playing as Oriana, you usually don't want to play Annie. That just doesn't make sense to me. But I guess he plays a lot of a lot of Annie, so maybe he thought mm -hmm. it was good. So. Um. So what do you think are are do you think those are still the, sort of the general generally stronger mid laners? Just those those kind of lot sort of late game scaling sort of safer types, or, or are we going to see um, many assassins coming out? Because I think we've seen like one or two. I don't know if it was in the LC. I um, oh no, it was. Yeah. So we had simply played LeBlanc. Um, yeah, LeBlanc is, an, is one which is coming through a little bit now. Sebax, Sebax in his second game played just uh, Tristana, so it seems like he really doesn't want to play the kind of normal mm -hmm. meta picks. Um, <laughs> do you see any anything else being viable right now other than, the, than really those kind of main few? Um, so I think probably this is the most boring middle meta I've seen. Uh, but I think then again. If 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 I'm giving last pick on the red side, then I could probably have some spicy picks in the mid lane. Mm -hmm. I, I just think like right now, it's more like a five v five game. It's not really about this flashy plays. I think whoever is playing better as a team usually wins, mm -hmm. and it's all a lot of macro related. But yeah, but I think like the meta could definitely change up uh, towards playoffs, and we could see like more spicy stuff. And I think it definitely like best of threes and best of fives. There's for mm -hmm. sure more room to adapt and more room to be more cheesy mm -hmm. because well, in best of ones it's just so important to have like a good uh, team comp well exactly and i think that's going back to like even the schedule thing that's a detriment with the schedule isn't it when you know you've only got 10 games is it smart to kind of play something that yeah it might work in like scrims and stuff but is it is it wise to not pick the meta pick because you've got a higher chance of of winning if you do play and you could I guess find these uh, non-meta picks, or the not troll picks, but these other picks, and they actually work. But it, it's not worth the risk, I think, when you've only got ten games playing. Now, maybe like, uh, maybe if like playoffs is confirmed and stuff like that, then maybe you can start maybe testing against other teams and stuff. But I do think it, it will be more like playoffs where we do see things apart from, you know, probably what you're gonna get with. Monk, not with Monk specifically, but with Eminem and with uh, Singularity, where they might try these new picks just because of the meta picks clearly aren't working or haven't worked for them. Hmm. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say then. Um, <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask. You said something about um, about it being sort of more macro focused and and team play that sort of thing. Um, and you you kind of get the idea, or you'd imagine that. In that kind of meta, uh, the jungler would obviously have a big part in that, being the one that's basically involved everywhere across the map. Um, and your jungler, Nolte, we, we were talking when we were doing our, our kind of tier list, um, we were saying we were maybe even a bit surprised to see him um, getting a mm -hmm. shot in the NLC. Not saying that he, you know, he's, his, his potential wasn't there, but it was someone that, someone that was sort of called a bit inconsistent uh, last split in the UKLC with Envision. Um, but you know, I think it's fair to say that in the the game so far, he's he has actually played consistently really well, um, and yeah, it just has looked like he you know definitely deserves his place there. Um, so I was just wondering what what the experience has been um, playing with him this split, and it's maybe something maybe more of a question for him. But if do you know if there's if there's been much involvement with him and Hanson perhaps uh, kind of getting that consistency? Um, yeah, I think multi sure is worthy of playing in LC. I think um, 
it comes along a lot down to the team environment, I would say, mm-hmm. and just like how he finds his role within the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think for sure uh, he has been uh, working with Hansen one on one, and yeah, he's he's getting better for sure. Um, and then I couldn't we couldn't have someone from Nordavind on without talking about Mummus as well. Uh, especially with Tom. I mean, I'm just waiting. <laughs> Mummus is probably my favourite player in the any NLC. Not gonna lie. Ericsson, uh, where where do you how... rate him in the in the top lane pool? Mummus. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the greatest top lane in our lives. Like, this guy's too good. It's not. It's not. It's not even troll. It's true. <laughs> it's better true. than better than Sendo. Do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I think then. <laughs> you, what what other answer were you expecting True, from that? Yeah. Like you can't even you can't even go for me for the other side because you know <laughs> that I would just say that. I just wanted to. I was just yeah, letting you uh, get your moment to talk about Mummus Tom. Oh, is Eric going to say no? I think he's like the fourth <laughs> best top lane. You could do. Like... You never know. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go on to some prediction for this week then. Um, and we haven't actually decided so. Uh, I don't know if you've you've seen any of our uh, our other episodes, Ericsson, but we basically do uh, predictions each week, and we we tally them up to see who's got the most points. Um, and our guest predictions are are kind of all added up together. So obviously you being the guest this week, um, you can fill in with our guest predictions. And what we've been doing is that we choose one game each week that will be the match of the week. So something that should be the most important match, or maybe it's the strongest teams, or you know it could always be the relegation scrappers as well. Um, and that'll be worth two points rather than one. Um, we haven't actually decided on one yet, so what do you guys think would be the, the spiciest game this week that we could put for double points? I mean, M Fnatic Rising, maybe. I don't know, it could be quite spicy. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too sure about that one. Uh, let's see. I think the biggest game is Tricks, Tricks Monster. I was thinking that. That's a, yeah, a close one as well. Because otherwise, if we do Eminem Fnatic, we're all just going to pick Fnatic anyway. Uh, spoiler alert. So um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of close games here on this. Yeah, screen. I think Tricks. Uh, yeah, I could the other Ma- one is Tricks or Monster. Or maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe like Ants Riddle could be something as well. Yeah. Let's do. Um, I would. I think Trick Monster. Yeah, let's do Trick Monster and then um, and yeah, let's let's get into some predictions then. So. Um, the first game of the week, and, and while we're doing these predictions, we could obviously uh, sort of have a chat about how well these teams are doing and, and the games that have gone this week, uh, which we haven't really touched on just yet. So, um, yeah, the first game is Singularity against Riddle. Um, Singularity, we've, we've sort of spoken about a fair bit um, on other episodes about the struggles they've had. Um, and obviously they had, you know, the one the, the match with Scood um, on the Talia and everything like that. I have to say they have this week, I, I don't know who, I think it was, was it XL they were playing this week? Um and they did look a lot better. Yeah, it was against Excel. Oh, yeah. They looked better. Oh. They honestly, I thought they kind of looked. There was a situation where it looked like they should have really been in the driving seat. But then it may even be a bit of a case of like they just haven't. Well, that maybe even low confidence that they feel like you know when they, even when they are technically winning the match, they just don't have that kind of push to properly take control and and secure it. Um, Eric, so what do you think of of the last couple of weeks of Singularity? Do you see any signs that Oh, is, do you see any signs of life that they might be turning things around? Yeah, I mean, I think they're 
game against Excel was like looking like they're winning at one point, yeah. right? So I, I definitely think they show signs of life. Um, but yeah, I'm just not sure if it's uh, already too late for them yeah. because they obviously have to win against uh, like all of the teams that's mm -hmm. uh, competing with them for the fourth place. Yeah, I think the fact that they've yeah already lost a cup to a couple of the the people they should be sort of fighting against in in that area is yeah is obviously very bad. Um, they are against Riddle, and we saw with Riddle uh, against uh, was it Godsent I believe where you know maybe a sign yeah. that they they're not going to take, you know, all of the, the sort of lower matches quite as seriously. Um, and you never know, maybe they're, they're not going to prepare. They've they've got Ents in their second game. So, well, they're, they're kind of both matches you kind of expect Riddle to win. I kind of had a, a bit of the excuse last time when they were playing against XL and Godsent in the same week that they would probably just be totally focused on XL. And maybe that's why they, they weren't prepared for Godsent. And, and maybe that's how they slipped up against them. Um but against Singularity, do you, do you guys see any chance of that? Honestly, I don't think I do. I'm gonna go. I'm going for a riddle to win that one. Uh, either you guys see a world where where Singularity do take that, or or uh, have the confidence to actually predict it as well. Um, I think the issue which I have with Singularity is I thought they actually played very well against Exile. Yeah. But I think I commented this to you. It's like. How can a team get like two barons, dragon soul, and then still not feel like they're gonna threaten anything? Like they're in control, but they never felt like a threat. And and I was kind of like racking my brains about what possibly that could be. And it could have been a confidence thing. It wasn't that willingness to kind of push. They were they were beating this academy side, and maybe it was like, oh well, maybe we'll try and go for something more and, and something more. And then what happened is, XL ended up getting the baron, beating him in a team fight, and then just straight up just going up and winning. It was essentially that. That's essentially how the game ended. Um, it was an unbelievable, like, what was that, like, four-man knock-up or something like that. Yeah, the Rakan. Yeah, it was disgusting. Ridiculous. Um, so, I don't... I, I think that they would have a bit of confidence going into that, but then there's also a bit of worry about what's... Are, are they going to go for these proactive plays, even though when they do make them? Um, and that, for me, feels like a bit of an issue. I do feel like Riddle, if they lose this game... This 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 could be bad for Riddle because they've lost a godsend, then they lost a Nordavind, who, to be fair, they they would have wanted to have, have beaten. That would have been their game, which I thought that they would have also thought they could have won. Um, and yeah, if they if they lose the Singularity, it it does make me question actually how good this this uh, Riddle mm -hmm. team is. I'm I'm still gonna go Riddle. I, I think that Riddle actually will hopefully bounce back from this, and this is a good week for them. Like to have to have singularity and ends, I think that's a really really good two. You know, you've got two good uh, one. You've got two games, which is always nice. But then you've got two kind of winnable games as well. Yeah. What do you reckon, Ericsson? Riddle or singularity? Um. Yeah. So I think this is the week that Riddle has to prove that they're, they're a good team. Mm -hmm. Like if they don't go two zero this week, then I think something is definitely wrong. Um. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm predicting Riddle here. Mm -hmm. I expect them to be bouncing back and uh, giving us uh, some more competition for the second spot or first spot. And what do you think of, of Senkux as what was kind of, well, he should be expected to be one of the, the top mid laners, really. He's, he's one of the only ones with um, LEC experience, but then his last couple of splits he had in the LEC um, weren't too good. And I think that's kind of the, the memory that got stuck in a lot of people's minds um, was that kind of time. Um, where do you rate him? amongst the, the other top laners because when you mentioned well you said about 
the academy ones kind of gave you the idea maybe maybe Senkaks isn't someone that you think is quite up there. What what do you think of his uh, his kind of level? Uh, I think he's definitely one of the better mids in the league. Uh, I don't think he's bad by any means. Mm -hmm. I just think that he's not really on the level of uh, Hatrix or Mega Felix. Yeah. I would say he's a bit below, but mm -hmm. like he's still like I still enjoy. He's still like, a worthy opponent, you know. He's yeah. uh, for sure someone that I'm looking at and thinking, yeah, this guy. I need to bring my A game to beat him. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't think the problem with Riddle is is the team. I, um, in terms of like the individual players, I think they've actually got really good individual players. I think they they they've won off individual plays. I feel like and not won off being a team. And it reminds me a little bit of Envision last split because Envision were good individual players. It felt like, but never really felt like a, a team. Uh, and that's why, but with because that's why with envision they started off so poorly didn't they and then they started working the way up and to be fair i think riddle will probably look at 2-2 and be like this is we we didn't want to go 2-2 like they would have wanted 3-1 or maybe even 4-0 at this rate i i would have thought um especially considering like one of the losses was to a team which they would have considered they should have beat yeah. um and so i do think they're a team which will just get better hopefully with each game and having two like I said, two winnable games. This could be kind of like the the momentum push which it has for them for the for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Definitely. I mean, just imagine if they didn't beat XL, they would be one and three right now. It would kind of oh. be a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> like, but then then again, if they if they beat uh, Godsend, it would it would have been three one three one three one. So you kind of look at that it, that way. It's it's really odd to to see where. Um, were Riddle have been. Yeah. It, it's a two-two. Where if you showed the four games, you wouldn't have predicted which two they won and which two they lost. <laughs> I, I would say. Yeah. Um, or even just the one-one from like from last uh, yeah. week before last. Yeah, you would never imagine it was that way around. Um, speaking then of uh, of Godsent, who who did upset Riddle, um, that's your guys' opponents uh, for next week. I think yeah, it's the only guy, uh, only match you guys have. Um, I'm going for for you lot. To beat Godsent, I don't think that's a huge surprise. Obviously, Godsent are doing better than expected, but I I kind of get the idea maybe just because they are, uh, well, not to kind of diminish it, but they are a team that was already together. They're just a group of friends, pretty much, and they got picked up by Godsent, uh, the org at least. Um, so I kind of imagine that would help them for the first couple of weeks. It may just give them, a, you know, pre-existing synergy and and everything like that. But I kind of see that. I, I would expect that the other teams would sort of ramp up and, and eventually um, yeah, and eventually get, get kind of clear of their level, especially you guys who, let's be honest, who really do look above their level. Um, I imagine that Ericsson, you're, you're tipping yourselves as well. I doubt you'd go for a Godsend um, win. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, I think Godsend has a... I think they have their strategies and I think they've been getting away the wits. Mm -hmm. Probably a bit too much, so yeah, it's time to shut them down. I think this was the, and I, this sounds really bad, but I feel like this was the first time we actually saw what people expected Godsent to be, like um, yesterday, I believe, against Ent. Oh no, today, today. against Ent. Yeah. Um, it was the first game though, so it's, it's fine. Um, but like, I feel like, yeah, when I saw them, and I, I actually built into the hype a little bit. I thought, you know what, actually, I think Godsend could actually do this. You know, they're a group of friends, you know, maybe they can do... 
and they didn't look good. They really, really didn't look good. Actually, there was quite a few one-sided matchups in this uh, in in today, really. And and Entz kind of just outclassed them. And I, like I said, I wouldn't have classed Entz as like a uh, they weren't like a, a team which was blowing me away beforehand. But they they really, really stepped up in that game. And I wonder if it was just because Godsent just didn't look that good. And yeah, I, I just think that maybe if God sent a beat ends today. I would have, it, my perception might have actually changed into the sense I might have thought, oh, well, then maybe this run can continue. You know, like, like I said, you know, Leicester won the Premier League just off being a group of friends. So why can't, you know, God sent mm-hmm. do something? But yeah, this game kind of just ruined ruined that expectation for me. And I thought, yeah, but I can't, I can't go against Mummus as well. So yeah. <laughs> True. Um, and then we've got after that game three on day one is Ents against BTXL. Um, obviously, uh, touch on um, uh, on Ents from that last game. Um, I thought Kevo especially looked really good. I don't know if that's maybe the 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 comp- effect. Sorry. <laughs> effect. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I thought I don't know. Like looking at who who Godsent had on their well the chaps they had. Like I don't see anyone that can really even get onto Echo. Like. There's, I don't know. I guess that's just echo anyway. With with the E, it's it's hard to really lock him down, um, and he was just like, yeah, just every team fight was just destroying him uh, in that game. And I said, I think last week or the week before that I maybe hadn't seen as much from Kevo that, that or maybe not the performance that we'd seen last split. We hadn't seen that mm-hmm. yet um, on Ents, but yeah, I thought he definitely looked really good then uh, today. So I'm kind of expecting um, a bit more of a fight then than I would have said before today's game. Um, I'm still going to go for XL. I think XL should be the stronger team still. Um, and they'll, I imagine, expect themselves to beat Ents as well. Um, would either of you guys think any different? Or, or what What do you kind of think of uh, events so far? You can go first. Okay. So I think Ents are going to win. Um, okay. Because mm-hmm. I have not been fully convinced with BTXL. Um when you actually look at the scoreline of three and one, it's not as convincing as, as as you think. Like against Team Singularity, if that was a no offense to Team Singularity, if that was a better side who who had confidence, I they would have lost that game. I think BTXL would have lost that game. Um, like you said, you can't take two barons, a dragon soul, and really you know and, and not win that game. In my opinion, um, especially because it was. Yeah, that they they should have they should have just simply for me. I thought BTXL again had a good got a good Baron, a good team fight, and won the game off that. Um, I feel like if that was like I said against anybody else, maybe in the group it could have been something different. Um, BT obviously lost to Riddle as well, which which is you know probably expected, but not expected. But like, it's not a massive shot. But again, it was a it was a surprise, and I just don't think that BT haven't looked as convincing. And I do think that. Ents, after the godsent game and being now two and O, um, do have that confidence where actually I think if BTXL do continue to make these mistakes, Ents will be a side to actually punish them. And that's why I think that it could be one of those games where people may may not look at it and think, Oh, Ents can you know, can win this, but I do genuinely think that they have a shot at this and so I I've I'm taking a little bit of a punt here, but I do think that yeah, Ents have looked good, and I, I, again, I'm not too convinced with BTXL right now, compared to what they were last split, especially not. 
Let's make this. Let's make, uh, we'll, we'll have this for double points then, yeah, Tom. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> no it's all right. We already decided. No worries. Um, what do you reckon then, Ericsson? Do you buy into mm. that? Uh, yeah, not really. <laughs> I think Excel. It's it, they're definitely looking shaky. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think like after they lost Riddle and the the game against Singularity, I think they definitely have like a wake wake up call going. So I think they for sure should prove that yeah. they are the academy team and they are really good so i just expect them to kind of roll over and even though ends is on the momentum right now with the 2-0 they can definitely put up a fight it's not that mm. but i think excel will uh, run away with it mm -hmm. in the end fair enough um i think it's it's quite nice to see excel not just running away with it as well um like you said Tom, they don't look as you know as strong we saw last split and it was kind of I mean, it's kind of boring in the end, isn't it? If a team just wins it over and over again, it's you know it's good to see them get challenged. And don't, don't don't say that yet because there is a team <laughs> called Fnatic Rising in the other group, which is doing yeah. They've um, quite they, oh yeah, they are still unbeaten, aren't they? Well, yes, <laughs> true. Well, at least um, at least oh, at least the fact that it switched teams is something, Tom. Let us have that. Well, um, we're back. We're back to the tower format. Where Fnatic <laughs> just win it every time. Though, yeah. Right. Good. Uh, um. But yeah, it's nice because especially with with the EU Masters seeding uh, bullshit, really. Um, you know, it's it's good to see that it's not just the two academy teams yeah. just clearly above everyone else. Because you know, if it was like that, then I think you know even players like yourselves, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you might think about going to a different league where you've maybe got more chance mm -hmm. to get to EU Masters. If it is just the academies that always look like they qualify, then you know the rest of the teams haven't really got a chance. But yeah, the fact that we see even in just in that one group um, so far that that there's not a clear team above everyone else. You know, it's nice, um, I think, as a viewer in that sense as well. Mm -hmm. All right then, uh, game four on week... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, game four on day one is um, is then our match of the week, uh, Tricked against Munster. Um, I think I've... I have a feeling I've I've predicted Tricked for every match they've played so far. I think it's yes, just because... I, <laughs> I just I just like... You know, I like Pad. I like that he's always got something up his sleeve. And they tried it again today. You know, they did lose um, eventually to Fnatic. But then, um, well, like you said, Tom, everyone's lost to Fnatic so far that's played them. So I don't think that's um, that's too much of a hit to them. And and it was again trying something different. It wasn't an Azir top this time, but it was the uh, the Mad Lions Wukong uh, Wukong Senna bot lane. And it kind just of... because they tried it doesn't no no yeah but it wasn't that, just because you tried it doesn't mean it worked. It wasn't no. like it wasn't terrible. Like I think it wasn't until like sort of the last maybe five ten minutes for that I kind of run away with it. Until then, I thought yeah. I thought Trick were well in uh, well in with a shout. And also because I'm I'm last and I'm last by quite a way in the predictions now, uh, I do need to make up points. So um, I'm going for Tricks, but I don't think it's that much of a crazy one. Munster, I say well apart from their game today where they actually did look really strong, they haven't looked as kind of everyone expected them to. I don't think. Um, so, you know, I don't think it would be like a huge upset to see Tricked win that. So, um, yeah, I'm going for Tricked again. Um, I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in the Tricked basket once again. Um, and I'm hoping they can give me two points this week. Uh, what do you guys reckon? Anyone anyone agree? Maybe not. No. <laughs> I, I, all right. I mean, I can't go off. I can't go off the Dusty game because I haven't seen it at all. Uh, I'm just going off kind of. I just think that Monster have a better lane-by-lane lane matchup in every single way. 
uh, if I'm being completely honest. I think that the only one, actually, surprisingly for me, is is a chew and uh, is it for- Unforgiven? Is it? I believe, yeah. Uh, the eighties. Yeah. Um, that's the only one where actually, because I think a chew's actually played really, really well for for Tricks this split, and so, and Erin's also played very well, and I think that so there are two matchups where I, I see pretty close, but um, for me, yeah, Munster. Munster are a side which should win this game. I and and the issue is which I have with Tricks is I don't know if Tricks are a good in terms of like Munster good or underdogs um, because th- there's I think there's an issue when you can kind of see a side and think like okay this is a side which is an underdog or this is a side which I expect to do well and I and I do see Tricks more as an underdog which mm-hmm. is it which is ironic because obviously. Basically, Pad has basically managed a team of underdogs basically his entire career in the in the UKLC, and mm-hmm. he's successfully done so. That's not a bad a bad thing against that. Um, but if I'm going off kind of who I would gut feeling say favourites, it, it has to be Monster. Yeah. And apparently they played very well against Dusty, so that they must did play mean something. Very very well. I think I think with Monster as well. I think we could see a difference. Um, you said about. A two maybe being um, the one sort of lane for lane difference, but I, from what I've seen of Heaver, to me he looks like um, probably the best support in the league so far. Um, especially in their, I think it was their opening game. I think he was playing like Thresh or something, and he was just literally like solo carry the game um, from support. So um, I think that could be a big difference for Monster as well. But um, yeah, what do you, uh, Ericsson, What do you make of Monster so far? Because uh, yeah, they were kind of were billed as. as I think we even both, uh, Tom and I, put them above Fnatic in our tier list. Yes, we did. Um, but they haven't quite been at that level yet. What do you, uh, what do you make of Monster and and how they've started? Uh, I don't think I've watched all the games, but from what I saw, they haven't re- really looked that convincing. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of issues similar to other teams, which is like just fundamentals really not mm-hmm. going their way. I think yeah, it was the only game I saw which was like really, really back and forth, yeah. which it shouldn't have been. Because, I mean, uh, like Monster should not have been able to win that game from the position that I saw, uh, but they did. So, yeah, but I think uh, they're definitely the top two team in their group, mm-hmm. for sure. So, yeah, it's probably going to be Monster who t- takes this win. Um, I think when you look at Tricked, you look at them and you think, okay, they're un- they're they haven't been beaten yet until today. They went three zero, but then again, who did they play? Yeah, they played Eminem, Barrage, and Dusty. So it doesn't really say that much compared to now that you're you're getting to face the real teams. Mm-hmm. I feel, which is Fnatic and Monster. So I feel like it's gonna be hard for Tricked um, to beat them. But uh, yeah, now now is their time to really prove what they can do Fair enough. and um it's interesting because how much how much uh time do you actually pay to the other side of the group then like is it kind of something where it's like priorities on your group and then as it maybe comes closer to playoffs then it's kind of focused on the other group really um yeah to me i don't really pay that much attention to the group i mostly watch it for entertainment mm-hmm. it's not like i studied the teams too much but obviously, when you're going into playoffs, I'll do my peer research and look at other teams. But yeah, I, I don't really pay that much attention to the other group. Fair enough. I guess you, you don't really need to until playoffs anyway, do you? So, um, 
that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting really because you even though it is like the same division because it is two different leagues. Yeah. And like I said, you you're not you know you're not gonna play each other until you get playoffs. Like, why would you? Like you you play you watch it casually, obviously because you just want to watch it, and you know you you probably got people who you want to see as well, Ericsson anyway. But like in terms of like, sit, I can't imagine. Sit, why would you sit down and watch a vod of like you know a Munster game when you know that you're only gonna play him potentially in eight nine games mm-hmm. time. You know, yeah. I suppose maybe like once it's the last one or two weeks, when you can mm-hmm. tell who it's going to be, and and by that time they'll be playing the way they, you know, they're they're kind of drilled to play. Like especially the first couple of weeks, you know, by week seven they might be playing totally different, or it might be way better. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Um, then going on to day two, then of week four, uh, the first game we've got Barrage against Dusty. Barrage obviously got their first win today, which is very nice for them. It was against. Um, M&M, but we'll we'll come on to uh, M&M on the next game, I think. Um, I'm going for Barrage because, um, well, I just think, you know, they'll be on a high after after their first win, and they, they haven't actually looked bad, Barrage, either. They've had a, a pretty tough no. start in terms of uh, in terms of scheduling, I think, of, of who they've had to play against, and they've but they haven't been, like, totally smashed. It's not like, you know, they weren't a winless team like Singularity or, or M&M were, where they, they had been mostly beaten quite convincingly they have had quite close games and yeah i think the the fact that they've got that first win on the board may help them now um so yeah i've gone for barrage um are you gonna are you gonna upset your former teammates or your your former org ericsson i think through me oh. might actually be watching right now i've seen him in the uh in the the user list on twitch yeah i, I don't think i can i mean <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that to my uh, former team so yeah i'm going with barrage for this one like on a serious note, I think they've been looking pretty decent actually. Um, I don't see them as a bad team, mm-hmm. even though their score might say so. Uh, I think they sh- they definitely show signs of life, even though today they played Eminem right. But I-, I think I think they definitely can upset Dusty, and I think they will. And it's it's funny as well because you, you look at zero and three before before obviously the Eminem game, but then you realise it, it's tricked. Fnatic Rising and, and Munster, who they've lost to, who are, to be fair, you probably look beforehand and you think that's probably the three sides you would expect them to lose to. Maybe tricked, but definitely, like I would say, like Munster and Fnatic Rising preseason, you would have thought, okay, the 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 losable game. So I think it is kind of a bit of a the scoreline looks worse than what it is, and and you, we kind of saw that a little bit with Eminem, whether that was Eminem's fault or Barrage's fault is to be seen. So this is kind of like for me the first kind of like gauge of which which i don't really like considering it's weak form or kind of this is our first gauge of where they sit in the table uh but that's just where the scheduling works but yeah because i think if they they can beat dusty they're probably a top four side and if they can't then they're probably sitting fifth um i've i've already voiced my opinions on dusty is that i there has been nothing which has ever convinced me that dusty kind of i want to invest in I will I will watch Dusty games really because I know that I have to, but I will never kind of like, kind of like, actively watch them. I I, I don't know why it the it, it's how feeling was to me last split where I just felt like I don't really want to watch feeling. Uh, whereas despite them both being the same scoreline, like I do, I actually am invested in Barrage um, as as a team, and that's probably Dem Voxney because I am very biased towards the Dem Voxney as well. Um. I do think that Barrage are going to win this game um, because 
well, every time I vote against Barrage, they seem to, you know, always win anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, I think that for me, Dusty haven't done anything which has impressed me. Apparently, they got smashed against Monster. Um, so, but then that doesn't really say a lot. But I do think that against the, the losses, Barrage have actually looked really good. And um, this could be the game which slowly turns it around for them. And I, and I do think they're a top four side looking at it now. Eric, so what do you um, what do you make of uh, of what you've seen of Dusty? Um, obviously, you said that you don't really watch too many games from the other group, um, but you'd mentioned well, you went for Barrage, and you kind of gave the idea that it's it would be a bit of an upset. And um, when we did our tier list, we uh, and you know we'll we'll admit that we we hadn't seen much of the, the Dusty players, um, but we kind of thought from from what we knew about and what we could work out that they would be one of the weaker sides, um, and even like. I think it was like the opening games. Uh, even the all the analysts and the casters voted for them to be tricked and tricked. Yeah, have Dusty over tricked. I was like, yeah. what is this? And we um, <laughs> we both said for tricked over Dusty, and it seemed like we were. It was like us against the world in that. Um, so what is it? Or how do you think Dusty are? Is it a team that that did look quite good on on paper from what you know? Or um, yeah, do you think they're they're kind of where about kind of where they should be in that group? Um, <clears throat> so I think. I mean, when I said upset, I probably meant by upset in terms of the uh, bracket right now, just how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I think there, there's some th- there's some good players on that team. Um, that's probably why people look at it on paper that they should be better than they are. So yeah, I, I think I think they have some decent players, but I don't see them. I don't consider them a better team mm-hmm. than Barrage right now. Fair enough. Um, and then moving on to. Uh, the second game of oh, day two then. Um, we've got Eminem against Fnatic and uh, obviously being a mid laner, I think you're uh, someone that can give us um, well, uh, some insight as to why a player might not be able to quite easily just switch to mid um, and it works straight away because that's seemingly what Monk's done and you know, I I kind of feel a bit bad. We we kind of joked about it last week and then this, ga- this week they've tried to put him on kind of a comfort pick um, in the Cod War and he's just basically they just camped the shit out of him, and and um, and yeah, he just well, he just fed the whole game pretty much. And it um, it's even at the point I kind of feel bad now. Like the Twitch chat, were making jokes about it, there was like a copy pasta going on the Twitch chat about the the Cogmore passive and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it was like I'm kind of even past it the point where was, where I, I can laugh at it now. <laughs> well, maybe a bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but what do you make of that decision then for Monk to switch to mid? Do you th- do you think it's something that anyone can can really do? Because we do see role swaps, but I think you rarely see people switch to mid. Like if anything, it's it's away from mid. Like even the more famous more famous ones like Ambition in Korea, for example, you know went from mid to jungle, and you've got obviously Caps and Perks, who both went from mid to ADC. Um, do you think it's a role that is harder to switch to? Uh, or or how do you see that? Because I think what they were saying on the cast today as well is that they'd heard that Monk had the idea that he could have sort of more of an impact on the on the game, which which I can understand. Obviously, mid is the one that's as as well as jungle maybe is involved in a lot. Obviously, mid you are, you are expected, to, um, especially in like a a team play heavy meta, you are expected to to roam to other lanes and have a big uh, impact in that way. Do you think that maybe makes it harder to switch to from another lane, or do you think it it could be possible for for the right player? Um, so it, when it comes to mid lane, I think it's really hard for any player to switch to that role, because I do think mid lane requires the most 
in terms of game knowledge, but also your mechanics. Mm-hmm. When I, I look at jungle and mid as the most um, game knowledge roles, but then I look at mid lane as the more uh, mechanical, the more required mechanical role, right? So you have to land against your opponent, do well against your opponent. So I just think it's like really hard. Like if you're playing any other role and you're going to switch to mid lane, Unless you're a really, really good player, I think you're just switching to hard mode, uh, essentially. Mm. So I think when someone like Monk is, uh, like maybe he looks at himself like really good at AD carry, and then he just decides, okay, I'm just going to play mid lane this split, and I'm going to smurf on everyone. I just think it's honestly really arrogant to think like that. So I think I think you definitely have to <coughs> maybe think a bit more before you decide to switch mid lane because I think it's the most hard role to to switch to so I think if you're planning on doing that then uh, yeah you should uh, know it's gonna be a rough ride and I feel like it should be something as well where if 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 this was a decision of Monk then would it like it it did feel like it wasn't even like he he just contemplated it 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 does genuinely feel like and, and obviously this is from the outside looking in it does genuinely feel like it's like Right, I'm just going to play mid this season, and there was not really much like practice and preparation and 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 everything which has kind of gone into that from a competitive level at least as well. Um, and I think the reason why I think a lot of people are more harsh on on Monk because because uh, I I do think a lot of the criticism is unfair, and and we have obviously when a player's playing bad, you, you, we have to say it. We can't say that he's he's you know he's he is he's playing terrible. Like it really is, but. I think the issue is is because this guy is actually a really really good mechanical ADC and and it's kind of the it, it's kind of the unfortunate thing is actually we 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 not seeing monk we're kind of seeing like a a shell of what monk is I feel like right now and that may change I I obviously there's there was there was a lot of other things wrong with that M&M comp not just monk um, Monk was obviously the main focal point, but obviously Shadow, their analyst, had come in as a support because uh, was it Kaidra? Uh, uh, I think he's yeah he's opted not to not to continue or uh, from the from the post it doesn't specify why. Um, so obviously there and it that seemed like it was last minute. So their analyst had, had come in and took over, and that that. I don't think, and I know the casters didn't kind of mention it up, but it did. It does feel like that was very much a a temporary. We'll do it this week kind of role. It felt because, well, the guy hadn't played support competitively and hasn't played competitively in like three years. I think he was a top laner, which makes sense why they put him on Karma. Essentially, I felt like, um, I I think that there's a, there's going to be a lot of changes to M and M, um, but. I think I think it's fair to put criticism on Monk, but yeah, I think it's it sucks more because um, I remember him when he was on Eminem as an ADC, and 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 even when he was obviously he didn't perform as great um, in LDLC, but he was still like a major part of them uh, winning the regular season, not not winning the playoffs, but in the regular season he still played twelve matches of that competitive season. Um, so obviously he's not a bad. ADC and it, it does feel like a bit more of a the reason why this sucks more is because of the potential of what we could have had elsewhere. Yep. Um I'm with that in mind, I'm going for Eminem to No I'm not. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going for I am going for Fnatic Rising to win. I, I think Same. it's 
the reason why you didn't even mention it is because I think you all knew you knew what we were going to go for. Because yeah. Fnatic Rising, on the other hand, to praise them, I think they've looked very, very good. Like um, I think that, um, I mean, let's just scrap the trick game because you should never give bravado um, Tarek at all. Because I just think, like, going into that trick game, um, if if you're so scared of what Bravado can do on that Tarek, because he he hardly used his ult, and obviously that's the main thing with Tarek, but it felt like the tricks were just scared because they didn't want to engage because they thought, well, Bravado's going to use his ult, and then we're never going to get anything. Well, then just ban the Tarek. If you're that if you, if you're that worried about kind of engaging and and, and stuff like that, you ban the Tarek from there. Mm-hmm. To be fair, um, even like but yeah, so, even Magic Felix popped up well, in that game as well. I think on the uh, the corky mid, I don't think it was always even. I don't think Bravado was even always there for those kind of kills as well. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of really strong performances for them. Um, one thing before um, you give your predictions, Ericsson, Not even in, in like a troll sense. Do you see any any viability in uh, in Cogmore mid? Because it is like one of those kind of. With the, the typical thing is like the Juggermore kind of comps, and with champions like um, like Lulu and Karma coming out a lot, do do you see any possibility that, you, that there could be a team even doing like a Karma top with with a Cogmore mid or something like that? Do you see that possibly working, or do you think that is just literally totally comfort pick for Monk? Um, so I think uh, AP Karma is definitely has his place right now. Like I'm not sure how strong it's yet. But I, I definitely see it as something that could be a pick in this meta. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see um, as the season goes on how really strong it could be. Yeah. And um, I'm guessing you're going Fnatic as well for the game then. Uh, yeah, I am. Thought so. I um, do think I do think as well though quickly is that I think there is actually a place for kind of like these. The, not traditional AD carries, but these AD carries actually to be played in the mid lane, and I think that's what make the, makes the monk move a little bit worse is the fact that he he has actually been given opportunities to play kind of these traditional AD carries, and they've still not worked out for him. You know, like the Cogmore, which is which is like a signature monk pick, and like there is like the the chance of maybe the Tristana and and, and the Lucian and stuff like that, which you can still play. Um, but I just don't think it's the right lane for him, unfortunately. I don't yeah. think it's the champions at all. I just think it's the lane. True. Um, then we go on to game three of uh, of day two, and it's XL against Godsent. Um, I mean, we've kind of yeah, we kind of covered both of these uh, both these teams already. So we'll just go for some uh, some quick predictions on this one. I think I'm going for XL. I don't think that's a huge surprise. Uh, I wouldn't imagine anyone else is is not going for XL. Anyone going to surprise me? Didn't think hmm. so. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. Um, yeah, no, I can't. I can't go. I can't go XL going zero and two. Like I, I've, I've just, I was just looked at that and I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting XL and no. Um, I actually do think. Obviously, this this won't count as any points. I do think that XL do have a strong possibility of going one on one this season. Uh, this this. Uh, this game, I think, a bit like with uh, Riddle, like I think these are two games which actually can define kind of how BTXL are to me because they've got two games which again are what would be considered winnable games. So um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm still gonna go BTXL. I, I I don't think that I think Godset's time might be over, in my opinion. 
the honeymoon phase is finished. <laughs> we'll see. Um, next thing we know, God sent to go 2-0. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, last game then. We've got Ents against Riddle. Um, this one could be a bit of a tight one. You know, we've been talking about we don't know quite how good Riddle are just yet. They obviously did have the upset loss against Godsent. Um, and then so I kind of on an upswing. Um, I've still gone for Riddle. I think I'd need to see more. I think I'd need to see more of both teams really to say that Ents could win it. Um, so I'm going for the kind of safer pick, but it wouldn't be a one where I'd be hugely surprised to be wrong, to be honest. Um, obviously, like I say, Ents did play really well today, especially Kevo. Um, and yeah, I think... Uh, I think they've got a chance, but I'm yeah, I'm still going for Riddle. Uh, what about you guys? Have we have we gone for the same the same uh, the same ones all today? Uh, we have, yeah, uh, for day okay. two at least. Okay, so I'm going to go for N. <laughs> um, nice. Let me yeah, let me claw back some points then. <laughs> yeah, this is this is Ents' time. Yeah, they're going to 2-0 this week. Uh, Riddle's gonna have beaten Singularity. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, we're fine. We can beat Ents next, you know, tomorrow. And then they're gonna lose, um, just cause, you know, Kevo. <laughs> that's it. Kevo. But then if your things are right, then, then the day before Ents would have beaten XL. So wouldn't Riddle then then think, oh shit, we better pay attention. We better, we better play properly. No, no, because the fear is already in them <laughs> oh, at that right. point. Yeah. Then once, oh, okay, once, once they've realised, they're like, oh. Crap, we we should have prepared for that game more. We were <laughs> too busy focusing on the on the singularity game. Now, um, if I had to, I do think Ents actually do have a shot. Yeah. Um, it, I am going off kind of a lot of like ifs and buts on what I what I think might happen in week four, but um, just going off kind of momentum and stuff is a little bit risky. However, I feel like I've done that quite a lot this season, and and I'm doing okay off that. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll go Ents. Yeah, why not? Keep it interesting. Cool. What about yourself, Ericsson? Yeah, so on this one, I'm actually going for Ents. Because I yes. think that they're going to get really... They're going to have a rough time against XL. And they're going to figure a lot out uh, <laughs> about like what their, what their weaknesses are. And then they're going to come back. And they're gonna beat Riddle, and I think uh, Riddle is gonna go just be chilling after winning against uh, Singularity. So mm -hmm. I think uh, Ens has the advantage here, and they're Fair gonna enough. win. I like the uh, yeah, I like the thought process. Um, can I, I can imagine like Ents like after that BTXL game, then if they do get stomped, just like just like all going on a Zoom call and being like, right guys, we, we need to think this through, and just closing their eyes, <laughs> and then just it just pops this this idea of this <laughs> new identity which appears yeah let's see um i think with that then i think uh, we can probably draw this episode to a close um thanks for coming on erickson very nice to have you yeah thank you guys uh it was a pleasure to be here good stuff and um yeah i think uh, i think you've done well not to upset any of your former barrage friends too much your predictions there um mm -hmm. So yeah, thanks for those watching. I think we've got a uh, we've had a few popping in on Twitch um, while we're recording it live, and a couple of followers, which is nice as well. If there is anyone else that's watching that hasn't followed on Twitch yet, um, please do feel free to, and you'll be notified obviously when uh, future episodes are live. And for anyone else that's watching later on on YouTube, you can follow on there. Um, you'll also see our Twitters on the screen, so you can uh, feel free to follow us directly as well. And for anyone listening to Spotify, of course, you can follow on there as well. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening.